Welcome to Positive Talk Radio. We're glad you're here. I'm Kevin McDonald, your host for this grand adventure, and I thank you for joining us. You see, our mission is to create a positive, personal connection to all things with courage and love. We invite terrific guests, interesting topics, and great conversation, all in a fun, entertaining way. And we always manage to learn something, too. So I hope you will stay right where you are for this episode of Positive Talk Radio. And welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, my name is Kevin McDonald, and you're listening to Positive Talk Radio uh, right here on KKNW 1150 AM. Eric, sir, how are you today, sir? Hey, good afternoon, Kevin. It's great to have you here, and we're looking forward to a great show. I've got a great lineup for you today. Absolutely. Tell me who's on the show this hour. Well, this hour, first of all, I want to introduce, I want to introduce somebody who's very, very special to us at Positive Talk Radio and, and KMmedia.pro. That's the executive producer. Her name is Holly Berry, not Halle Berry, but Holly Berry, and she dresses up the show very, very nicely. Good afternoon, Holly. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm happy to be here. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. You are, uh, have joined, you joined my little entourage in the, in the fall and, uh, yeah. and uh, you have added so much to what we are doing and, and we are growing like crazy and we're, and I really appreciate your help. Oh, thank you. And thank you for your gracious patience when I get like super military about things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got it. Sometimes you just got to, uh, cause I'm, you know, Sometimes I can be rather, you know, like bullheaded, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> it's it's a very nice uh, simpatico. <laughs> in, indeed, indeed. So, but uh, today, by the way, uh, Eric, I got to ask you. Uh, I know that I was gonna. I I said prior to because I knew you 18 years ago when I was doing positive talk radio and yeah. I swear to you that you're wearing the same size clothes as you did 18 years ago and you tell me that's not true but I find that hard to believe did you look great <laughs> well thank you sir but uh, the way the waist size has gone up uh, uh, unfortunately but you know we all get older that's absolutely true. But today's guest, we are going to be talking with a gentleman who is going to be able to help you and to help all of us talk about one of my favorite topics, which is food. Ooh. Yum, yum, yum. That's why yeah. the waist size has gone up, by the way. <laughs> In case you and were wondering. Spoiler alert. <laughs> perfect hour for it, too. People are on their commute home and getting ready for dinner, so we might be able to give them some like inspiration for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, Adam, uh, Adam Hart is his name and he's got a book that he's written all about food. And, uh, he has a story much like mine in that he started out with, um, sugar frosted flakes and chips and cookies and, and he ate them all as, and as a teenager, he was actually, um, diagnosed with ADHD and um, he ended up managing a pizza place, which I don't know about you, but managing a pizza place is not a good idea if you want to stay skinny. And uh, so he ended up pre-diabetic and uh, he went to his doctor when he was 26, much as I did. And my doctor sat me down and said, you know, your cholesterol levels like the stock market, it just keeps going up. 
and up and up. And well, except for this week when it's going down. Anyway, uh, but uh, um, so uh, Adam is here and we're going to be talking to him. Holly, you've had a chance to uh, uh, review some of his material in his book. What do you think? I'm, I'm excited to talk to him. I read his whole story and I know exactly where I want to jump in on it um, with some awesome questions on that. But I do want to give a big shout out to Rebecca that referred him. So if you're listening, Rebecca, thank you so much. And we'll be able to, and if you want to give us a call at one point, we'll be able to talk to you about that because Adam is also, he's is gotten very good at understanding food and our relationship with it and better ways to do it. So I guess I better go ahead and introduce Adam. Adam, how are you today? I'm doing wonderful. Yeah, I really appreciate you guys having me. Thanks. Well, this is, this is pretty awesome. Now you're up in uh, our, our friends to the north. Is that right? Yeah, I'm in uh, close to Vancouver. I'm between Vancouver and Whistler in a little town called Squamish. Um, yeah, Squamish. That's that's we've we, that's an Indian name like we have down here. So that's yep. good. Yeah, yep. we have Sammamish and we have Snoqualmie <laughs> and yeah, Snohomish. I, actually, I have some good friends in in the Squalamie and uh, I've been there a few times for sure. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Very cool. Well, can I jump in with some of the questions, the burning, the most like <laughs> biggest question that I have that I want Please to know. shoot. So I got to the very end of his story and he has a test kitchen. And not only does he have a test kitchen, but he has an awesome family that are, as you worded it, proud guinea pigs with your test. <laughs> yeah. So I'm super curious lately what some of their favorite recipes um, are that you've got to try with them. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, right right now, my daughter for Christmas, she's 10 years old. And she, she in, in the front of the book of, of my book, I, I have a little scribe there that I wrote, you know, how I dedicated the book to my daughter, Juliet. And the book now is about eight years old. But now at 10 years old, she's really gravitated to the kitchen. And for Christmas, we got her one of those baking mixers. She really wanted a good mixer. And so we've been spending a lot of time together in the kitchen prepping all sorts of really interesting breads and, and different cakes, but trying to do it in a way that's not just about sugar, 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 but more of how can we get some nutrient density, but also flavorful. And so she's really been loving doing that with me. Yeah. I noticed you had just a few that printed up on uh, your sidebar on your website. You had raisin, walnut, chutney, no bake, almonds, bread loaf, gluten-free coconut quinoa cookies, um, does she have a favorite currently? Um, she, you know what, the, the other day, it was so funny. This is the first time she's done this. Um, my wife and I, we woke up and all of a sudden in our face was a freshly baked banana bread. <laughs> that sounds like a full win right there. Right. I was like, man, I could get used to this. This is good. <laughs> so she, she's into to baking with bananas right now. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been so much fun just to see her get inspired by it and, and knowing that I've played a role in, in introducing that to her as a, a powerful act of, um, you know, self-care is, is really what that is. You know, Adam, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, um, I went to the store one time because my doctor said, you know, you might be, uh, uh, you might be benefit from having uh, gluten-free products. So I bought a loaf of bread. The thing weighed about four pounds <laughs> and it was like a brick. Um, how, how do they make it so that it doesn't be that dense and, and flavorless and all that kind of stuff? Or how do you do it? Yeah. Well, I mean, that is the, the market of, uh, of the gluten-free. It's, uh, definitely known to be a pretty dense product that you're going to be buying from the grocery store. But when you do it on your own, 
Um, you know, I do a lot of gluten-free baking and it's not that difficult. It's just really using the right flours. And I find for my gluten-free um, uh, baking and, uh, and different, different um, bars that I make, it's a lot of it is with, with nut flours. And the more I use nut flours, the lighter it seems to be versus grain-based um, denser flours. So yeah, almond flour is a good one. Not the cheapest flour to work with, but it's, it's usually really light and fluffy when I make my gluten-free breads with almond flour. That's interesting, Holly. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin's face. I know people listening can't see it right now, but he has the most confused look on his face. This is adorable. And this is actually why you invited me today. It's like, I know nothing. <laughs> so um, I've, yep. yeah, yeah, I've used uh, rice flour, almond flour. Um, they are, they're different to work with. You definitely um, can't treat it like a normal grain-based flour, but usually like if you stick to the recipe and if needed, you know, try it a couple of times, you can get a really nice homemade product if that's your thing. Yeah, it's just playing around in the kitchen. You know, I think for me back when I was pretty unhealthy, I, I used to say that I didn't really um, start to cook until I was about 20 27, 28, up until then, I just ate. I didn't know that there was actually a difference in the food I was consuming. I just grew up with a very, um, very processed food diet. My, you know, no fault of my, my folks. It's just when life is busy, you know, you don't realize that there's a lot of nutrient void foods that we're feeding our families. And, um, you know, it wasn't until I was 28 that I realized a lot of my health symptoms were because I, I just didn't didn't know how to cook the basics even. And when I started to transform my, my relationship to food, it really worked quickly uh, in relation to my ability to start feeling lighter and, and more energized and more connected to my daily vitality. There was just that initial learning curve for sure. Yeah, you there know, definitely is. You know, when you grew up and you were like, you know, I don't know, like my age, uh, which is a little older than some of you. Um, we, my, my, my mother, because they had a budget, used to buy cereal a lot, and and so we would come come home from school, my brother and I, and we would put a, a half gallon of milk between us and a box of cereal between us, and we would polish off the whole thing uh, in, in a sitting after school, and and so the, you know we ate poorly. Um, and a lot of people do eat poorly because of the expense of eating properly. Is it a lot more expensive? Is that is that true or is that a misnomer? Yeah, I think there's a, a myth around eating healthy has to be expensive. Um, obviously, there's a level of the processed food that we have available that it's just it's it is it's so convenient. It's it's convenient. It's cheap. You know, your kids are going to like it because of the flavor. And so as parents, it just makes life a lot easier, but it does not give you the nutrient density that a growing body needs. And as us as adults that we need to be mentally, uh, mentally sharp and physically strong, it just doesn't exist in those kinds of foods, little bits, but it's definitely, uh, for the majority of our, our North American style diet, we are missing with, uh, out on a lot of nutrients. I'm curious, what are some easy, positive changes that people can do that help with just that first step in creating a new relationship with food? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it really got to a point where I just couldn't, I couldn't focus on another diet, I, 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 especially when I was at that stage of being pre-diabetic. 
at that time I was suffering with depression and anxiety and diagnosed with ADHD and been given a lot of different medication. And, you know, all I ever was told was you have to change your lifestyle. And that left me feeling more frustrated because I, I had been on so many different diets and every one of them left me feeling guilty because I would fall off of the diet and wouldn't get quite the results that I, I was hoping to get. And I finally got to a point where I realized that if I'm going to do this, I have to stop dieting. I have to stop trying to restrict myself. And instead, why not just start focusing on some of the key foods that I could add in the key foods that would add some good nutritional value to what I'm currently eating in a way where I don't have to eliminate my cereal because I loved cereal growing up and still did as an adult. And why can't I just add something that has some value to my cereal so that it helps counteract the spike in insulin and the sugar crash that I'm going to get. And so as soon as I started focusing on a couple of key foods and just started adding them in, it made an immediate difference in how I was feeling every day. Yeah. There's only so much space in one tummy. So <laughs> yeah, right? but if you work at it, you can get it in there. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I did. So, so now you're, you're advocate and you, you work in a, in a, uh, in a holistic way, in a real positive way. And also you help people reduce their stress through food. How does that work? Yeah, well, there's an element of our stress response that we're not recognizing is something that we, we, we become detached from our ability to, to have more control over it. And the brain loves to latch us into these patterns of reaction. And food happens to be one of the main things that we turn to to feel better. And so when we can get in tune with the, the, the ways to help reduce the brain's use of our, of our addictive patterns and start to manage the, the stress response to, to that, then we can start to create this space where we have more peace, more calm. And so what I, what I started to teach my friends and family and, and started to do this more on, a, on an extensive level uh, about 15, 20 years ago, was I started to get folks to just focus on noticing when they are feeling like they want to react around food. So if you're standing at your kitchen and you're about to grab the cookies out of the cupboard, instead of just gobbling them all down, which is part of what I used to do, instead, just breathe for a few seconds. Essentially, you're doing this 33-second breath practice that helps to reset your nervous system and then you have the ability to make a more empowered choice. Just knocking on my door there to get my daughter to settle down. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's excited to, to have you, uh, you know, on, on the radio. Yeah, well, we have a new puppy. So, she, you know, they love to rile up the puppy. And, uh, and as long as they're not feeding it sugar, we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what kind of puppy did you get? We got a Bernie's doodle. Oh, those are so cute. Yeah, she's pretty cute for sure. For now, sure. I was looking at a dog recently at, at, for puppies. This is totally off the subject, but but uh, anybody that is looking to get a puppy now, I was look. I got sticker shock. I I'm hoping that that you didn't because I ended up having to pay or not. I didn't pay yet, but 
there was Holly. There was a there was a puppy that was out there that they wanted thirty one hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. There's almost no. There's a very high cap on how niche you can get down into the different breeds and how much it can cost. And this but this was for a mix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because apparently they're just, we, for a long time, we were, had an abundance of puppies. Apparently everybody with the, uh, uh, pandemic, they have decided that since they can't have human friends, they want an animal friend. So that's driven up the cost of uh, getting a new puppy. So did you, Adam, did you uh, check out the local shelter? Uh, well, the, no. Yeah, um, I'll always check those out. Adopt before you buy. That's my motto. But let's get back to nutrition and food <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, but the you were positive talk- changes we can make in our lives with um, knowledge, like what's in The Power of Food by Adam Hart, who we're interviewing currently. <laughs> well, we're talking about good practices of food, and some of us just aren't, aren't you know, it's like, it's kind of like, wah, 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 you know? It's, ooh, ooh, that leads perfectly into one of my questions. Can I jump in there, Kevin? Of course. So one of my questions is, um, so in his about section, his story, um, he was talking about how he studied, started studying nutrition, started educating himself on it. And I'm totally curious how people can inspire themselves to even start learning about nutrition, especially if they're like where you were when you were in your 20s, working full time, school full time at a pizza place. You know, because you have so little time. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, with the access to information now, it's so easy to start to to um, tap into, especially on the nutrition front. I think a large part of it now is finding the, the voice or two that really resonates because now we're overloaded with information and we're overloaded with different styles of eating, whether it's keto or paleo or, you know, vegan, vegetarian, raw food. There's so many different modalities around, around how you could approach this that I would recommend if, if, if you find a voice that resonates with you, then that's the one you should follow for a little while and connect to what their message is. And, you know, I had one of the first cooking shows on YouTube back in 2007, 2000, 2007, 2008. Yeah. You know, and, and it, and it started with me just sharing you know, my knowledge around nutrition, which really at the core of it was recognizing that we, we, this, obviously, if you're in in an acute stage around your health, there's some things that you need to consider, but otherwise we shouldn't be restricting ourselves when it comes to our diet. We should be really connecting to our daily vitality based off of introducing different types of of, of protein, different type of carbohydrates, different types of fats in a way where you can learn what your body craves, because we're all slightly different. And if we're following one very specific diet, we kind of miss out on tapping into what our body is really asking for. And I give an example, like I grew up only eating meat. That was kind of my main diet growing up. And if I didn't have meat on my plate, I didn't know where my protein was coming from. And it was when I discovered different types of protein and one in particular, there's one food that I, I've been championing for 15, 20 years now, which I credit with really helping to, to, to make me feel more connected to my daily health and, and vitality. And that, that food is, is hemp seeds. 
right? You can find it at most grocery stores, but I didn't know, like, this is a complete protein, hemp seeds. It contains all the essential amino acids. And when you start to add it into your diet, for me, all of a sudden I started to crave hemp seeds more than I was craving to eat meat. I love it when you get into a, a positive change like that or a shift in your normal daily food items or ingredients. And after so many weeks, you actually start to crave the good thing. It does take a while, but there's that point where your body's used to it and it's actually getting something out of it. And that, that like switch turns over. Yeah. Well, and I mean, a large part of that is because, you know, we, we need to have the, the, what I call the big three to survive, which everyone, you know, kind of, kind of understands this part. You need to have protein, you need to have carbohydrate, especially complex carbohydrates, and you need to have some good essential fatty acids in your diet. But the thing is, is that we will crave the dominant sources that we eat. So if we only eat protein through meat, then of course you're going to crave eating meat. And it was when I, when all of a sudden I introduced a different type of protein outside of meat that my body really flourished off of it. And next thing I knew, I didn't, I never eliminated meat from my diet, but I didn't need to eat as much of it. And for me, that created an environment internally where I, I was less acidic. All of a sudden I was feeling a little bit fuller longer from eating just the, the, this hemp seeds. And I felt more nourished without feeling overly stuffed all the time, which is what meat always made me feel like. So I, I, I only provide that as an opportunity for your listeners to know that if you've only fed yourself a very particular type of diet, yeah, you're going to be craving exactly what's in there that your body needs to survive. And when we can start to explore some other nuts and seeds and different grains and different legumes, beans, lentils, peas, and just slowly introduce some of these other foods, you might find that it actually provides you with some real powerful results. Well, and the cool part about that, if you look at the statistics for what's killing Americans, like it's the heart disease, it's the sugar related diseases like diabetes, you know, all kinds of things where you take something like if you're a primarily just a meat eater, you know, like steak and potatoes, and you do switch it out for something that doesn't have that cholesterol in it, like you're instantly making changes right at the heart of exactly, you know, especially if you have a family history of it. I know my grandparents on both my sides, you know, open heart surgeries for stuff like that. So mm. by saying, Hey, I can see what's going on around me. I can see what's happening in the world. There's total numbers right there. I can Google and there's my family, you know, that's lived longer than me that I can look at. What are they doing? What can I do different and how can I connect the two? Yeah. Holly, I had a quick question for you. Are hemp seeds available in the United States? Yeah, yeah. So, and the cool part about them, so you can get them at, you know, any, any like health food and most of the main stores have it now too in the baking section. Um, Red Mill is a brand that is commonly available at all my local grocery stores here in, near Seattle, Washington. However, the cool part about that and how Adam was saying it's a whole protein, a lot of times when people are trying to create different alternatives for protein in their diet, if they were raised on, you know, meat as the, you know, 75% of their plate and 25% of their plate gets whatever's left over, is that finding that complete protein in alternative sources, non-animal sources can actually be really hard. So like some people will combine things like peas and rice, 
but with something like hemp, you don't necessarily have to do um, as much juggling to make sure you're you are getting a complete. Yeah. See, the, the only hemp product that I'm really familiar with when I was young mm-hmm. uh, caused me to want a burrito from 7-Eleven at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, knew that was coming. She's <laughs> <laughs> never heard that before, ever. <laughs> oh, I thought I was being really original there for a <laughs> right? Apparently not, huh? But so, I, so I'm glad that, that hemp, because I, I, I'm kind of a champion of hemp. I think that it can do, a, it's, it's, a, it's a product that can do a lot of different things. It can make paper. You can build houses with it. You can do clothes with it. You can apparently, who knew, you can eat it. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that uh, there was such a thing called hemp, that hemp seeds is something you could buy that had protein. Yeah, and I'm in the same boat. You know, I, I, I had no idea there was so many different foods that I, I mean, they've always been around in my grocery store growing up, but I just didn't know, I wasn't taught how to use them. You know, like when I first moved from, I'm originally from Toronto, so pretty big city setting. And, you know, again, always consuming, whether that was um, fast food or just convenience foods out of the grocery store. And when I first left Toronto, I moved to a small community, a mountain-based community, because I wanted to pursue rock climbing as a career. I was like, wow, this, when I got into rock climbing, it, it, it allowed me to start to feel something that I had never felt before. And so when I did this, when I started to pursue rock climbing, I lived with somebody who was younger than me. I was about 30 years old at the time, and he was about 22, 23. And I remember when I moved in, um, as a roommate and I looked at his kitchen and I opened up the cupboards and he had all these glass jars and they were filled with all these different nuts and seeds. And I looked at him, I said, man, your, your kitchen looks just like my grandmother's kitchen. (laughs) Right. But there was something about it that clicked for me. It was like, man, how come I didn't grow up? Yeah. My grandmother, but it wasn't in our household. We, we did not have access to these kinds of foods. And so it was pretty quick that all of a sudden my, this, this guy I had just met who was really strong in the mountains started, started teaching me a little bit about what he was doing with all these uh, different, different beans and different grains. And as soon as I started to play around with it, I, it kind of clicked on me. I was like, this is it. This is, this, is really, this is really fun. I'm really enjoying getting in the kitchen and I'm really enjoying sharing what I'm creating with other people. And I got so inspired by that process, which is what eventually led to the Power Food book being what it became. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking with Adam Hart. He wrote the book. And the name of the book again, sir, is? The Power of Food. The Power of Food. If you have a question for him, would you like to take some questions from our audience? Sure. All righty then. If you got a question for Adam about food, about nutrition, about different styles of eating, I'm, I'm going to ask him about the keto diet because I have no idea what that is. Uh, but uh, give us a call at 425-373-5527. Or if you're up in Canadian land, you can call us at 888-298-5569. So, um, Adam, what is, I've heard a lot about it. And uh, what is the keto diet? I mean, essentially what, what we're talking about when, it, when you hear a lot about this idea of ketosis, it's the idea of having your body burn fat through and have its main source of fat uh, or fuel being, being fat versus carbohydrate. 
And so the keto diet is really meant to try and see if you can get your, your body to perform energetically through using more of a fat stored system than it is through simple carbohydrate glucose. Um, for me, so much of, of, again, that whole dieting world, it leads to stress and it leads to confusion. And I think there's an element of our day-to-day daily vitality that we can tap into that is missed out because of our, um, our daily impact of our lives. We, you know, for the most part, many of us are feeling overly stressed and unable to feel, unable to feel into what is it our body actually needs. And that's when we start to rely on a very particular diet where the truth is, is when we can learn how to manage our day-to-day stress response and learn to manage our nervous system, learn to nourish our nervous system, then you can, not only on the nutrition front, do you start to learn what the right foods are for your own body type, but it goes so much more beyond that. Your your day-to-day connection to just living purposeful, living joyful, living fulfilled. It's all about the nervous system and managing how you manage your day-to-day stress response. That's so true. If if someone's never like looked at uh, anything that has to do with physiology, anatomy, like any of that, um, a lot of times they don't even know the difference between the parasympathetic and the sympathetic system. They don't know which one they're like activated and in and how much of their day they're like that. And they don't even know how to balance that if they've never understood that concept. That's right. That's right. You know, and, and, and until we harness that relationship between those two, the parasympathetic and sympathetic, you just don't realize that you're giving away a lot of your daily vitality. And a lot of it's, it's interesting because I discovered this through rock climbing, the whole nervous system side of things. And it's because in a rock climbing scenario, you actually have to calm your nervous system down. It's a fight or flight experience that you need to manage where in most of our lives, we're not being called to manage it. We're not being chased by a saber tooth tiger. So you just get used to living revved up. And then eventually you, you get symptoms that at some point it's unfortunate for some, at some point for most folks, you have to do something about it. You get the diabetes, you get the cancer, you get the heart disease, and now you have no choice but to figure it out. The idea is to get to a point where you can manage your day-to-day response to stress in a way where you're creating separation from fight or flight so that you have a choice on how you want to feel and how you want to react to something that's happening in your life. And it takes something. It takes something to figure out how to do that. But when you, when you get the right tools and you put them in the right order, it's, it's a bit like magic how this works. I don't want to appear ignorant, but what the hell did you just say, Holly? <laughs> so <laughs> with biology and the basis of psychology, some of the things that people um, learn is the structure of the nervous system. And so if someone's approaching, and I'd love to get into some of Adam's um, education and background as well, because I want to tie that in. It's just so fascinating. I love it. Um, But with a lot of times when people are trying to balance stress, um, learning about those two systems and starting to recognize like which one they're in, like more in than others, 
um, is helpful. So say someone is a lawyer, a doctor, <laughs> I even know some dentists, um, and they're more in the like expends energy sympathetic system beyond point, you know, type A personality. They might not be scheduling time for themselves to relax and breathe, you know, how Adam was saying, if you're going into the kitchen and you're grabbing the cookies because you're stressed, but you're not registering that that's what you're doing, um, then your pre-awareness, you're kind of like living without recognizing why you're putting things in your mouth. Yeah. You're just living reactively. And in doing so, you're giving away your energy without realizing it. Now, what are the? Now you, I'm going back to those two words again. What are the two systems that we're talking about, and what the heck do they mean? Yeah, so the nervous system, you got your central, your peripheral, your somatic, your autonomic, and the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. So the parasympathetic is more the conserves energy. You're listening to like a meditation, you know, DVD, you're relaxing, you're breathing. Um, the sympathetic is you're driving to work, you're paying attention to traffic. Okay, I, yeah. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can mean, find many a YouTubes for you, kind sir. <laughs> I will send I, them. I think well, and or you can hire Adam to work with you, and he can he can he can <laughs> help you how to do that. By the way, I wanted to ask you, how do you make money rock climbing? <laughs> well, I mean, in in the parts where uh, where I was and and living in in British Columbia, you actually can be hired as a guide where people want to learn how to do it. And at some point, if you get to be an established um, rock climbing guide, you end up having your own yearly clients that take you all over the world to take them climbing mountains. Which is a a pretty good gig. Which is a pretty good gig. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I I just got to the point where I, I realized, wait a minute, this nutrition thing, I'm starting to teach nutrition. And I started doing a lot of corporate wellness training around nutrition and stress. And I said, hmm this is a pretty good gig too, because people need to know how to manage their day-to-day stress and their energy. And if I could actually turn this into something, I I'd rather do that than go uh, rock climbing all the time as a, as an occupation and just have it as a hobby. And that's uh that's kind of how that evolved. By the way. And if you, if you're in the kitchen and your souffle falls, it's way different than if you fall. Yep. <laughs> That's right. And you don't need a, you don't need ropes and, and gear if you're in the kitchen. You can just, you know, you can have a little bit more relaxed fun. I, I, I do have a question for you because I have some people that are close to me that are vegan. How do they how does a vegan get good protein if they, you know, rather than soy protein all the time? Is is the is the hemp seed? Is that is that a viable alternative? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely have had my moments. Um, in, in different types of diets back in the day, vegan, raw food for a while, um, vegetarian. I've never been 100% one thing and have learned that it's actually not healthy for us to put ourselves in that state. Um, but I think for most vegans, if you ask them where their main source of protein is, it's going to come from some sort of legume, some sort of um, nuts, seeds um, as the dominant source for sure. Yeah, lentils are huge in our house. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know about lentils until I was in my 20s. 
Okay, what about what? What? Okay, I'll bite. Lentils. What are they? Yeah, yeah. So lentils. Um, they pretty I don't much. Up here, like I don't know anything about. No, food. this is great. The restaurant business, but... Yeah, no. There's people out there that don't know. There's people out there listening that are exactly in Kevin's shoes as well. So no, this is great. Um, so when you look at them, they look like um, miniature peas that someone squished. So they're kind of like disc shapes and super tiny. Um, they grow like only like a foot tall, maybe. So it's really fascinating. If you go on YouTube and you look at like the, the fields of them, it just looks like random grass. Like you wouldn't even know. Um, but they're, they store for a long time. They're very inexpensive. They're a dry food and they're super nutritious. Legumes and beans are like one of the hidden, like superfoods in my experience in my life. So, so Adam, if somebody is a vegan, they can, they can get, I have a friend who is so adamantly vegan that my son went and stayed with him and my son was a bodybuilder. And so he was taking in like 5,000 calories a day with a lot of chicken and a lot of rice and stuff. He cooked chicken in one of his pans. This guy threw the pan out because he <laughs> cooked chicken in it. That's a religious level vegan. Um, yeah. It, there's this hilarious movie you got to watch. It's called something like My Seven Deadly Exes, but it has vegans in it and they get to like glow and float and like shoot laser beams or something. They're just like, <laughs> and one of them oh, accidentally a... had like someone gave them a coffee and they put creamer in it and they lost their ability to glow. <laughs> nice. So, you know, I, I think when you, you know, when you start dealing with all these isms is when you have problems. Yeah. Like all these labels and, you know, it's just, well, it just becomes a little bit too, too religious in, in, in the dogma of it has to be a certain way and it denies you what might actually be right for you. And this is like a perfect segue. So one of my other questions I wanted to make sure to cover with Adam before we lose him here is he actually has a background, a degree in sociology and some experience in business as well. So I was super curious on the like people side of it, the society side of it, what kind of positive changes you've seen, like even in the five years when it comes to people and food? Yeah, well, I mean, it, we're in an interesting time because we are at a point where we are not adapting as well as as I would love to see us adapt in relation to the amount of stress we're under, the day-to-day -day stress. And so, it, it, you know, when you think about lifestyle changes, lifestyle changes are really difficult to do when we have a level of day-to-day -day stress that denies us the ability to see long-term results and long-term motivation. And so... I think if we, if anybody's thinking about a lifestyle change of any kind, whether it's food or, or other, we really need to start to understand that there's a level of our day to day that, that we need to manage how we're responding to it so that whatever we choose to commit to will actually stick. Uh, on the food front, I think what worked really well for me and, and, and I, I noticed a lot of folks that, that I got a chance to work with in, in the coaching realm had success with what is in, in terms of this idea of not eliminating anything, stop the elimination and start thinking in terms of what can I add in that's going to help me feel a little bit lighter, a little bit fuller, a little less cravings for sugar and salty foods. And instead of elimination, just focus on 
okay, let me just pick a couple of key nutrient-dense foods to add in. And that's been bringing a lot of results for a lot of people. Yeah, the introduction focus instead of the elimination focus. One of the things I noticed recently that I was really excited to see was we have uh, stores here called QFC. And one of them that I went into actually was growing the herbs there in hydroponics. And I went up to the door because like a little kid, you instantly want to like open it, you know, and see the science going on inside. And it had a little tiny sign on it because I'm sure there's 100 people before me. And it said, please don't open us. We're still growing. We're not for sale yet. And right next to them, they had the more mature ones. So one of the cool things with technology progressing and what I'm excited to see is that live food literally grown in the store. So cool. I think it's great. I mean, especially for parents to be able to show their kids, you know, I think there's that, that classic question of asking your kids, where does your milk come from? And most, most would just say the grocery store. And so really giving kids a, a chance to learn a little more about where their food is coming from. I think it just, it grows a healthy respect for food in a way where you can question things a little more. Not that my kids don't crave all the sugary processed stuff, but they also know, you know, every Saturday when we go to the farmer's market, they get to see the food and they get to talk to the farmers that are there in a way where we have relationships and we care about those foods when we purchase them and bring them home and, you know, have a bit of ceremony around it so that it's not denying the kids, the frosted flakes, but it's also making sure that they do understand where does food really come from and why is it important to have that relationship? It's so true. So I, um, one of my exes actually, uh, he, he actually was like trained in nutrition and everything, but for some reason and the way our society is like uh, as an adult, he didn't realize that pickles were cucumbers. And so taking your kids to the farmer's market, <laughs> right? exactly. That gives that conversation space to happen. Yeah. I love wait that. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you telling me that a pickle is a cucumber? <laughs> <laughs> I got in so much trouble because I, I started laughing. And I was in front of his brother and his brother didn't take it seriously, but it was adorable and it can happen. I've done the same thing in different situations because we're raised where the things are already in the cans. They're already a different color. They're already a different, you know, shape or flavor. And if you just never happen to have that conversation or you never really like look at the pickle and a cucumber at the same time, like you can miss that stuff. You would never know. Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently so. By the way, we, we have a caller on the line, and uh, Alice from Seattle, she has a question for you, Adam. Awesome. Hello, Alice. Hi. Um, I wondered if you um, could give me any guidance. Um, I'm allergic to fish, and so I eat uh, or use flax oil. You know, of course, never to cook with or anything. But do you think I ought to rotate into hemp seed oil? Yeah, I mean, I, I love all different types of seed and nut oils. A lot of it, obviously, the nutrition profile, but also for flavor. And if you know when you're using flax oil that it's it's doing what you want it to do and the purpose you're using it, then there's no need to change. Um, as far as the hemp oil goes, I do know that it does have a really nice ratio, the omega-3 versus omega-6 oil. Um, it's got a nice healthy ratio of that as well. So, And it's a bit of a, a nuttier flavor. So it's worth trying as, a, as an alternative for sure. Okay. Well, I'm sure that I, I would like it. 
but um, uh, so we, I could, I should, then you think I should rotate into it, maybe use them back and forth, or for the omega-3, um, is it similar to flax oil, or... Yeah, yeah. I mean, the profiles are very similar. The, I think the main difference is going to be in the flavor because hemp has a much nuttier flavor to it. Okay. So giving it a try and see if it's something okay. that you enjoy, if you're making salad dressings out of it or or uh, in what capacity that you're using it. But um, both of them are such healthy oils. I think okay. it's, you can't go wrong. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank before you, Alice. We, yeah, before you go, Alice, um, if... Eric, if you if she's willing to give you her information, Alice, I actually own a floral studio, and I'd be happy to send you a gift from that. Nice. Yeah, as a caller, we love getting callers. So thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, that does open up a phone line. If you want to give us a call at four two five three seven three fifty five twenty seven or eight 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 two nine eight five five. Six nine. Well, you know, I got to tell you, I say at the top of the show that we're going to educate you while I'm getting educated here. There is hemp oil, too. <laughs> <laughs> Anything you want related to hemp, it's all, you got it. <laughs> well, now, the question I have as far as hemp goes, I assume this is a different style hemp and that there is no uh, uh, percentage of THC or whatever. That's the, the stuff that makes you high. Yeah. But that's not in any of that. Is that correct? So that That's right. Yeah. This is, the cult, this is the cultivation of the seed. And the actual seed, being a highly nutritious seed, has no THC value. And, uh, um, it's legal and it's in most grocery stores, um, especially, um, I know in Canada, across Canada, it's most grocery stores, but down in the States too, you go to the Whole Foods, you go to um, Trader Joe's, you'll find hemp seeds there. Oh, that's awesome. Holly? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that means. Do you have a specific question? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, you've, you've been doing just great. I, no. I, I feel like I'm just totally out of my element because it's like... No. Um, it's if I know now I know about chicken and that's about all I know. <laughs> no, this is actually great because if you can get a spectrum of voices, you know, from each side of it, that gives a way wider breadth of coverage for people listening. So they also can not feel like bored or overwhelmed because they know chicken and whoa, this is a whole <laughs> new world with, you know, things like hemp and rice and lentils and what on earth are lentils <laughs> you know i think it's just important too for for folks that are listening to to not get nervous to try something different you know i think it, i think it's when we get to that point where it's where we're saying you have to do it this way or you have to do it that way then it's then you almost want to just avoid it altogether and not try something and i think uh, one of the strong messages i guess from what what we've been chatting about the last hour is just feel comfortable to try a, a different food that you know is available. It's not going to freak you out, whether it's hemp seeds or even other nuts and different seeds. Cause the nut, nut and seed world for me was the one that I realized, wow, most of the different nuts, most of the different seeds have lots of different flavor, great nutritional profile, and they actually make you feel fuller longer and give you energy. And so just by adding in and playing around with some of these foods, I realized that I didn't have to overhaul my diet to feel better. And I had, I, I, all of a sudden I had more creativity in what I was getting to do in the kitchen. And so I think there's just that initial fear around this, that folks don't have to have that if they know they don't have to eliminate anything. And by the way, I just want to point out 
that when you were 26, you were diagnosed as pre-diabetic. You changed your diet, and and anyone who has been diagnosed as pre-diabetic, you can reverse that diagnosis. Can you not with good diet? That's right. Yeah. I mean, being type type two diabetes is a lifestyle disease and there's a lot of things that we can do to help manage it. I think managing stress is the number one thing we can do. Um, and obviously with that comes a shift in, uh, in how we approach our movement, our daily movement, our daily nutrition, um, our sleep patterns. Um, a lot of the, especially those three, you, you can do some re- really nice, subtle things that can help reverse type two diabetes without having to overhaul your lifestyle to start to get those kinds of results. That's really cool. Holly, do you got a question? No, but I actually have some good information for our listeners. So um, once we get this audio recorded and uploaded to our website, you'll be able to re-listen to it and get social media handles and website address for Adam. We're going to have that on positivetalkradio.net. I wish I'd have said that. That was just darn near perfect. That's why you're executive producer of this thing. <laughs> you know what you're talking about. So, Adam, in addition to that, if they would like to find out now how they can get a hold of you, how can they best get a hold of you or the book, for that matter? Yeah, you can find me on my my website is the main uh, location, which is clearimpact.io. So clearimpact, just as it sounds, .io. And then social media, I'm pretty active on Facebook under my name, Adam Hart. And uh, Instagram is another area where you can find me on Adam Hart. And uh, the book is available um, all major bookstores across North America, as well as Amazon's the easiest place. And are you considering doing another cooking show? Um, I have given it some thought, but um, I've been pretty active in the work that I'm currently doing that I don't have a whole lot of time to put energy into it, but you can find a lot of videos on YouTube, um, that are there from uh, the past 10 years that, uh, will definitely give you hours of, of, uh, engagement in the kitchen for sure. You know, the only television show, uh, cooking show that I ever watched was, uh, by a guy by the name of Graham care. Are you familiar with him? No. He had a famous line that he would he would be putting something together in the kitchen, and then he had a glass of wine with it on the air, <laughs> and he'd say, "Just before we were going to uh, um, uh, taste his his fine product, or somebody was going to taste it and it was going to come out of the oven, he would say, i was trying for a short slurp, and then he'd drink his wine and go off to commercial. Nice. So that's so that was my introduction to you know like food on television. <laughs> awesome." Yeah, so, so it, it, I got to tell you, Adam, it's been great having you here. And Holly, thank God you were here. Oh, I'm happy to help. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you added so much to the show. It's it's really cool with, uh, that. Uh, so you're going to be kind of a. I'm going to make you. I'm going to be kind of a regular. <laughs> I did, well, you did say at the onset of all of our negotiations that you did want some on-air time. So I, I guess I can't fuss too much. Like. No, no, I'm, I'm going to make you. I'm going to make you. So now, uh, Adam, before we go, uh, I like to give my the guests an opportunity to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know about you, your work, anything at all. Uh, um, the floor is yours, sir. Uh, I appreciate that very much. And uh, yeah, I think, again, the, the message is just uh, recognizing that when it comes to our health and wellness, we are 
being told a lot of different things to tap into, you know, and I remember it when I was unhealthy and being told to buy into another gym membership and being told to get on another diet, being told to practice my yoga every day and practice my meditation. And, you know, I think that there's a lot of information out there that leads us to experiencing more stress than we need to. So I, I'd love to maybe just leave everybody with, with a, a thought around um, recognizing that we are a very particular species, the homo sapien, that loves to connect to a natural rhythm of light connected to our everyday life experience. And so I think outside of diet and fitness and all these other things, just, just wanted to, to plant this seed that the number one thing that has impacted my health in a positive way has been managing my 24 hour light cycle. So I know oh, that opens boy. up a lot to discuss, but that's, that's a whole nother show. I'm afraid uh, we, we have uh, um, Bruce in Seattle is going to get, we would like to jump in real quick, Bruce. We've just got a couple of minutes. So, so be quick as a bunny. Oh, yeah. Well, I'd like to say I've, I've been listening to your show, and I use a lot of those ideas that you're talking about, in particular diet. I'm in my 60s, and I feel like I'm 20 years or more younger than that because I'm with my uh, – I have some high school buddies who really feel sore and sick all the time, a lot of pain and suffering, dude, and we're, in, we're the same age group. And by having a salad as my largest meal of the day and by having um, in the morning I'll have oatmeal and seeds and nuts and, and fruit all over that, and I minimize my uh, dairy and meat input, or, um, I feel so much better. I do not have any aches and pains. You know, I'm not one to brag, of course, but, um, yeah, I just <laughs> sure have to pass that on. It really works. But And I don't hear anybody talk about diet, really, in this time when a lot of people are sick. Um, and, but in any case, I just wanted to let you know. That's Bruce. awesome, Bruce. Yeah, good Bruce. for you, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you very much. And by the way, Holly just told me that uh, if you give your contact information to Eric, you're going to get a gift from us for calling in. Oh, okay. I can do that. That's so it good. might be a it might be a cucumber masquerading as a pickle, but we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, so, Holly, anything else before we before we have to wrap up this particular hour? Yeah, I just want all our listeners to know that they can find so much more, including uh, recipes and updates and free goodies from Adam when they check out our website and we get it uploaded here in the next day. You can find his interview on PositiveTalkRadio.net. Very, very good. And Adam, any last things to say before we got to go? No, that's great. I really appreciate uh, getting a chance to share some time with you guys and look forward to the next one. Well, you're going to have to come back because now we got this light hole thing that we have to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in today. It's been, a, it's been a fabulous show. Remember, this is commercial free, so we do this as a public service to you. And so go to uh, positivetalkradio.net or uh, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I, I just got told that I needed to get off the air now. So, so with that, I'd like to thank everybody for being here. Have a great day.
The views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. Contests are the responsibility of the host of this program and not KKNW. This is Alternative Talk 1150 AM, KKNW Seattle, and KNUC 98.9 HD3 Seattle. Well, good afternoon. Eric Ryder here with you on KKNW. We're approaching 5 o'clock. Time for a quick look at our traffic situation. Well, southbound I-5 struggling now from 520 on down to the downtown exits. Finding some congestion on 405 southbound in the Newcastle area. And in-